Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. We're a little early this morning because I'm having a Super Bowl party tonight. Welcome to the Weekly Weather for February 13th, 2022. Uh, the Weekly Weather is presented to you from the bright blue desk, turquoise desk here, overlooking Boca Ciega Bay in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, and I'm your astrologer, Ann Ortley. So we have an interesting week ahead. We have a full moon. Always fun to have full moons. And this full moon harkens back to last August, August of 2020, when the new moon happened. And the focused, the full moon has a focused finger of God or a finger, a yod in it. And so when we see that, we go, oh, wow, wow, a focused finger. <laughs> I always think of focused fingers as being like, oh, yeah. You're going to pay attention to me. You are, you are. And so with this focused finger, as we're working with this focused finger of God, our job is to uh, pay attention to what comes up. So when I was contemplating what I was going to say, I thought, what was going on in August of 2020? Well, that's when I came down with COVID. Uh, and, um, And I'm looking at this chart and I'm going, wow, wow, yeah, that new moon was right on my Pluto. And those of you who listened to the podcast back then remember I was really sick, and my assistant Rose said to me, you know, what's your temperature? And I said, I don't know. I never get sick. I don't have a thermometer. Um, and I'm writhing in my bed, you know, sweating and pooping and just really, really ill. And I wake up, and I look up, and and there in my doorway is a woman in a black raincoat with a black mask and black gloves with long hair, And I look at it and I go, oh, my God, death has come for me. (laughs) And I go, hi, death. And then in my mind I'm thinking, I am such a sexist. I always thought death was a man. And Rose goes, Anne, it's not death, it's Rose. I'm like, wow, wow, I thought you were death and you were coming for me. Well, she brought me a thermometer, so I had a temperature of 103.4. I, you know, it was very hallucinogenic, but it was that moment of this black apparition in my in my hall, in my bedroom hall door, and it was a pretty profound experience. So as I was looking at this and thinking back on what was going on in that new moon, ah, that was this. So um, this full moon brings back August of 2020, and it has a focused finger, which means there is a finger of God, but it also has the sun in it, right? And the sun, the apex of the finger is the moon uh, in Leo uh, at 2759 uh, of Aquarius Leo. And then the legs of the finger are the Mercury-Pluto conjunction that we had last week where we had some big realization. And uh, we know, remember, Mercury's been playing retrograde the last, 21 days. He was retrograde for 21 days, so he entered his shadow December 28th, and then last week he had his third conjunction to Pluto, and reveals were made. People, a lot of people found out things. Some people quit. Some people had decided they were going to get a new job. They were going to blow this popsicle joint. Um, a lot of changes, uh, and so the Mercury-Pluto conjunction, and then uh, Pallas Athena. Now, Pallas Athena is the other leg, and she goes into Aries on Valentine's Day. And Pallas Athena, I've been having a really interesting uh, experience with her lately. My readings tend to run in themes, so I've been having a lot of Athena readings. 
and I, I'm in this little group of astrologers that meet every other Wednesday and chat astrology. You know, it's very fun. And um, we were sharing books, and so one of the astrologers shared Athene. Uh, Richard uh, Athene is the name of the book, and this guy who writes these mythological books. He's a historian, but he explores the mythos of Athena. And of course, she was Zeus's uh, daughter. Headache, whack him on the head, out she pops. So she's the archetypal image of the father's daughter. But she's also the pattern maker. And as she enters the sign of war, she also was worshipped by the Greeks. Uh, Athens is named after her, Athena Athens, right? The temple on the Acropolis is her temple. So we have Athena entering the sign of war this week. Now, I know we've been very contentious in our world, in our culture, but as she enters that sign of war, where she's starting a new, of course, zodiacal story because she is zipping along, you know, she's going to zip along through Athena, you know, through all the different signs. So I always think when a planet enters zero Aries, we really should pay attention to that ingress, similar to the way we do the sun on March 21st, because it comes above the equator, suddenly we're seeing it, plus it's an initiating cardinal fire energy. So imagine the goddess of fire, goddess of matches, the goddess of strategy and wisdom and ideas and the the feminine energy standing strong, clear, and precise. Athena is really common in people that uh, are really involved with strategic visionary stuff. A lot of designers have her, pattern makers, people that invent things and develop things because she's the thinking without emotion principle. I mean, she doesn't look at it and get all emotional. She goes, okay, what is our strategy here? We are going to war. And, of course, the Greeks thought she was great because she would lead them into battle and help them win. So we're going to have that start this week when she goes into uh, Aries on Valentine's Day, 14th. But she's also one of the legs of the finger of God. So the moon in Leo, which is a very passionate, fiery moon, is forming an inconjunct to Athena, which, of course, is really an inconjunct to the last degree of Pisces. You know, when we think of, you know, we think of a pure, uh, pure finger, it wouldn't have a fire leg. It would have a water leg. And then the Mercury in Aquarius. Now, the Mercury in Aquarius is sextile to Athena. And, of course, Mercury goes into Aquarius. He's really smart. He's really brilliant in Aquarius because he's detached. And then he's been hanging out with his buddy Pluto, and Pluto is close enough because he's 27 and the sun is 27 and the moon is 27 that Pluto is in that finger of God. So we're going to watch that finger of God happen this week on the full moon, which is, of course, uh, the 16th. But that means we're going to feel the energy of really focusing clearly. Now, I'm going to be really curious to see what comes up for me because (laughs) I thought I was dying in August of 2020, and I, you know, I look at it and I go, okay, here I am giving birth to the kittens who are doing great, by the way. All their eyes are open. I mean, I'm not giving birth to them, but I'm I'm helping and uh, holding them and talking to them and hanging out with Betty White. Uh, and we're we're in this journey now of kind of new beginnings and new starts, right? And you know, I know I woke up from that thing and thought, okay, I'm still here. What do I? What am I supposed to do? with the rest of my life. Not that I really hadn't thought about that before, but I hadn't thought about it quite in the face of thinking, you know, death had come for me in my bedroom door. Uh, And when you're that sick, when you're that sick, you really think about your life in a different way, I have to say. 
Um, I've been blessed with good health, aside from this stupid foot thing. Um, and, you know, in my family, I would be the only one still left alive. Everybody else would have succumbed to something, uh, ruptured appendix, you know, that kind of thing, if it was a couple hundred years ago. So it made me think, like, what's going on? And, and I'm looking, of course, we're, we're starting the school, which we'll be getting sending announcements out this week um, about it, and it will start next week, next month after the new moon in Pisces. So the energy here is very much about uh, decision-making. And, of course, Mercury in a really smart sign, uh, uh, Athena in a really smart sign, a warrior sign, Mercury in an intellectual contemplative visionary sign and then the sun in aquarius which is detached a detached sun you know it's an audience sun it watches and then of course the moon in leo um on you know up high you know high 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 full moon uh in leo which is a lot about seeing things and exposing things moon in leo also has a very strong energy of um wanting to create something Right, so or wanting to disseminate the information out, send the ideas out, because full moons do that. It's like, oh, you can see this now, right? And you're like, I can, I can see that. I hadn't seen that quite before. So it'll be a really interesting week for us to all watch where we're seeing things we hadn't seen before, because remember, all the planets are also going forward, full steam ahead. Nobody in the heavens is retrograde. They're all going forward. We still have Mercury and Venus in their shadows, so they're still telling us secrets, but they're not retrograde anymore. They're telling us things. And we have a really interesting phenomenon that I don't think I have ever seen before. I'm not quite sure. I'm going to look, but I, I, when it was happening, I went, wow, I don't think that's ever happened. We have um, Venus and Mars meeting up at 16 Capricorn, right? And, of course, normally Venus moves faster than Mars. Uh, but they're meeting up at six. They're meeting up at 16 Capricorn on February 16th, and then on March 6th they meet up again at zero Aquarius. Now that phenomena is because Venus has been retrograde and she's not moving that fast, and so um, Mars and her connect with each other because he's moving faster than she is right now. And normally he takes two years to go around the zodiac. Uh, and she takes, you know, f- f- what, 288 days or something like that, 246, 200, something like 200 and some odd days. But because she's going slow, Mars is coming up and passing her, catching her, a little game of tag there. And then she continues to speed up, and then she goes and catches up with him on March 6th. So it's kind of a double initiation of their new two-year cycle, right? So it'll be interesting to see... What happens with this? Because the Capricorn initiation happens this week on the 16th, and then the Aquarian initiation happens on March 6th. The other thing is Mercury is on the uh, conjunction point of the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in December of 2020 at zero Aquarius. And we watch that point because whenever anything hits that, especially now, because we're in the initiation, the the beginning of the new 20-year cycle, Mercury comes to activate it and says, okay. And then on March 5th and 6th, I'm looking and I'm going, Venus and Mars are coming to activate it. So we're really focusing our attention on the next 20 years. And the initiating energy here with this full moon in Leo, uh, because I know in my case, you know, lying there thinking I was going to die, was 
you know, what do you want to do with your one perfect and precious life? And there's a commercial on TV these days with Patricia Clarkson uh, saying it in like a restaurant or something. Every time she says it, I go, hi, Mary Oliver. And uh, that's one of my favorite poems, Mary Oliver poems. What are you going to do with your one precious and, and you know, fast-moving, quick, speedy life? And I know I woke up from uh, COVID once I got my brain back thinking, all right, well, I'm still here. I guess I should, uh, I guess I should go do stuff, right? So this energy of this full moon is taking us back to then. Uh, so look for stories in your own life from August. Look for stories in your own life with stuff at 27. Because in addition to that, the nodes of fate are at 27, Taurus and Scorpio. So they're squaring the full moon. And what that means is we're at a crossroads. We're at a choice point. We're at a figure out what you're doing next because there's new stuff coming. What's the next chapter? What does it look like? Where are you headed? What's the story? And the crossroads, of course, with the sun and the moon squaring the nodes of fate, it's, it's, a, it's actually called the Grand Cross. Um, and it's also involving Ceres, because Ceres is over there next to, uh, um, she's over there next to the uh, North Node in Taurus. And she just went into uh, Gemini last week um, until May uh, 15th. May 15th, there's my notes. Um, and so she's picking what she's going to plant. Am I going to plant this? Am I going to plant that? Am I going to plant this? Am I going to plant that? Uh, in the way that you would do when you're doing a garden. Remember last season, how many zucchini we had? Oh, man, there were so many zucchini. Less zucchini, more Brussels sprouts. You know, it's an energy of planting and uh, an opportunity because the lights are squaring the nodes for consciousness, for illumination, for aha I never saw it. Remember, Venus and Mercury are both still in their shadows. They're both still bringing your ghosts forward to talk to you and to say, don't forget, or make sure you remember, or did you know? So when stuff is revealed this week, especially stuff in relationships, especially stuff in partnerships, your job is to really look at it and go, I see it in a way I never saw it before. That's great. That's a full moon. I also see that I'm making choices, I'm at a crossroads, I'm figuring out, you know, how this is going to happen, what's going to happen here, and what the next story is. Really interesting week. We also have a, um, the full moon chart also has a thing called a diamond in it. Uh, and diamond patterns are very crystalline and brilliant. Think of diamonds sparkling, you know, when you get an engagement ring and it sparkles, the diamonds. They're also pretty piercing, you know, you can cut glass with diamonds and all Diamond cut. Remember that, that phrase? This was diamond cut. Oh, Remo's eating. Um, so there's a lot of energy around really focusing and seeing and diamond cut. So we have a focused finger of God using the full moon to draw our attention to it with Mercury and uh, Mercury in his exaltation and Athena in her favorite. She doesn't. The goddesses don't have rulerships per se, but I would imagine Pallas Athena, the warrior goddess, in Aries is going to be really happy because uh, that's her. And that's what she does. I mean, she does other things too, but she is very much about the feminine standing up and saying, "Hey, hey, this is what's going on. This is how we're going to do it." And you know, think back then, she was deeply respected by the Greeks as being strategic and visionary, and that kind of exemplary woman. I'm sure we're going to have the jurist 
the Supreme Court jurist announced, because Pallas Athena in Aries, um, is who's the new Supreme Court justice going to be? The woman, the black woman that Biden has promised to appoint. And that's the finger of God also. So we're going to watch that and we're going to see what happens. And, of course, um, right after that new moon in Leo was when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, right, back, because uh, she died before Rosh Hashanah, um, which is the new moon uh, in September. She died on Rosh not Rosh Hashanah. She died, yeah, Rosh Hashanah. She died before Rosh Hashanah because she wasn't in the Book of Life. I always get them all backwards. Rosh Hashanah is first. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg died under that new moon. And here, and of course, that, that was when they put Amy Comey Barrett in. Uh, as the, the judge in a very quick confirmation ceremony there. Zoom, zoom, let's get her in before the... Actually, she was being nominated and voted on as vo- elections were already happening. And, of course, old Mitch hadn't let Barack put Merrick Garland in because it was in, when Scalia tipped over. It was in the spring. And, oh, no, you're going to be elected. We're going to get rid of... We're going to wait for the new president. But then, boom, he put in Amy. Uh, so that's the other energy, the Supreme Court, because under that new moon... In Leo, Ruth left us, Ruth Bader Ginsburg left, RBG left, and Amy came in, and uh, we now have another opportunity. I think that for sure the Supreme Court justice comes in on this one, because now this astrology stuff, you can't make it up. So in your life, think about what was going on then, because there's a continuation of that story. There's a, okay, what's going to happen? In my case, the moon in Leo and the sun in Leo back then was on my Pluto, in the seventh house, in my, you know, uh, Pluto was <laughs> descending into the underworld for sure. And now the moon's there, kind of saying, oh, oh, now, you know, 18 months later, what are you doing? What are you doing on this full moon? So all of you think about that, because that's the energy of the week. Um, and hopefully that gives you some guidance on how to work with the upcoming feelings and also watching them and going, okay, I get it, I get it. I understand what my assignment is. Because this is also assignments. Remember, fingers of God, look at where 27 is in your chart. 27 Leo, it's getting complimented. It's also getting pushed by Pluto because it's got an inconjunct from Pluto. It asks you to work with your triangles constructively, positively, and in healthy manners. But it also says, hey, hey, you got to go do this. You have to go follow your heart's path. The apex of the finger of God is that moon in Leo. What is your heart's path? If you follow your heart's path. So we had a reading, I think, Friday with a woman, and uh, we were talking about it. I said, well, you know, she was talking about her motivation and stuff. And I said, well, you know, there really isn't, really isn't a problem with motivation with your chart. If you want to do stuff, you get it done. It's doing the stuff that other people tell you to do that you don't want to do. That's where, you know, you're, you know, that's where your motivation is. And normally she makes herself do it. But right now she's like, I don't want to. I'm like, well, that part that normally you go along because somebody wants you to do it, you just don't want to do it anymore. And, you know, you're learning how to say no in this lifetime right now. And in her case, I believe she had Saturn and Aquarius uh, at zero Aquarius. So we're also all learning how to say no because Saturn was in zero Aquarius, and we're also learning how to say yes, because Jupiter was in zero Aquarius. So the two of them were the structure that we created and how we want it to expand over the next 20 years. So there may be some no's this week, because Mercury is on that Saturn-Jupiter conjunction from December of 2020, 
Uh, and we're looking at it and we're saying, what do I have to say no to to allow more room in my life for the yes? And that's the space, if that helps. Uh, hopefully it does. Um, so we'll work forward with the energy of the week. So let's talk the moons. Let's talk the moons. So today, the moon is uh, in Cancer, and it goes void tomorrow morning at 5.27 a.m. with an opposition to Mercury. And then at 6.17 a.m. on Valentine's Day, it goes into Leo. So the moon's in Leo on Valentine's Day, heading towards a full moon. And it goes void on the 6th. It's in, it's in Leo on the 14th, the 15th. It goes void at 11.56 a.m., on the 16th, on the full moon. So the full moon is a void. It makes it go void. And then at 3.42 in the afternoon, again, East Coast time, on the 16th, moon goes into Virgo. Uh, and it's in Virgo Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, Thursday, Friday. And it goes void at 6.20 p.m. on Friday. And that's with the trine to Pluto. And then it's void all day from 11.43 a.m. to 10.51 p.m., when it enters Libra. It enters Libra late Friday night. It's there Saturday. It's there Sunday. It goes void at 2.02 a.m. on the 21st with a square to Pluto. If you were listening to that, all the moons have hard endings this week. Today's moon in Cancer is in opposition to Mercury. The moon in Leo is a full moon, moon and sun opposite. The Virgo moon, the 17th and 18th, that one's productive. It's got a trine to Pluto. And then the Libra moon has a square to Pluto. So this is a week of choices, decisions, and, of course, Mars and Venus are meeting up in Capricorn. And then they meet up again on the 6th, right? So that's kind of a phenomena of, you know, I thought I was interested in this thing, but I've changed my mind. I'm going to go do something else that's mine, Capricorn, that helps me build. And then when they reach an Aquarius, which is the 6th of March, then they say, okay, now we're going to go build for the next 20 years. So I kind of looking at it, and I always like to try and think about what it's going to mean. So when we're looking at that conjunction, we're being asked to think about Um, what is unfinished that we need to wrap up and finish up before we can actually move on. And, of course, they're at 16, Saturn's at 17, so he's in new territory completely. Uranus is still retracing his, uh, he hasn't cleared his shadow yet, he's at 11 Aquarius, but he's coming in to trine that Moon-Mars conjunction. Um, They're past him. But there's a, there's a wide trine of, you know, I know I need to change this. I know I need to shift it. So it's an interesting energy. So I'm really curious for you to watch what feels like you're starting a new thing on the 16th with that conjunction, but it's a cleanup thing. And then the next conjunction on the 6th of March when you're really starting the next 20-year project. So it's kind of a, you know, kind of paying attention to that energy and see how it shows up in your own life. Zero Aquarius and 16. And, of course, look at those numbers, those degrees in your chart to see what's happening. Um, So when we're talking about the Donald Blanford days, which are the tough days this week, there's quite a few of them, (laughs) which means we're figuring things out. Not a bad thing. So the moon in Leo is going to be forming hard aspects to the Mars and the Venus and the Jupiter, right? So it's going to be forming a finger of God when it goes through Leo. 
uh, God, and we already know about the finger of God, right? That's up there. And then it has a big finger of God on the full moon. So we know that the 11th, the 15th, and the 16th, they're a little fraught energetically, really about your passions, right? So like, I have a passion for this. It's like, okay, well, go do it. Nobody's stopping you. Well, you know, and like, no, 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 nobody's stopping you. Put the rocks that you're carrying around down and go do it. No complaining, just go do it. Right? That's the 15th and 16th. So um, the 16th also has hard aspects because the moon is talking to Pluto and talking to Mercury and talking to Pallas Athena. So the 15th and 16th are adjusting energies around what you really want. Now, I will tell you that one of the things to remember on a full moon in Leo is it really doesn't matter what the other guy wants. I mean, it's important. Yes, you have to take it into consideration. Yes, it's important to play nice in the playground and all that. But that moon in Aquarius, that sun in Aquarius is a very detached sun. It likes to look and see, are you doing something that's for the greater good of the community? And I will encourage you to think of your chart or think of your life as when you do stuff that's for the greater good of the other or yourself, because your chart is you're doing stuff for what your natal potential says you're going to do, right? So when you're doing what your natal potential says this is what you're supposed to do, it is often for the greater good of the community. In very rare instances is it a purely um, self-oriented or selfish act. I mean, sometimes it is, you know, if you're a real flame and narcissist but most narcissists don't follow astrology because they're self they're self-examining you know so i'm going to say none of you are narcissists you may know some but the moon in leo encourages us to think about what is our passion plan path what is the thing that ignites our heart and makes us want to follow our truth because remember leo is what the sun is happiest in and whatever house leo is in in your chart is what you're supposed to do in the world right that's where you're supposed to shine in the world, whatever house is ruled by Leo. And sometimes there's two, like let's say you have 15 degrees Leo. It's in your sixth house and it, and it rules your seventh house. That means you have 15 degrees in your sixth house of work and 15 degrees in the seventh house of relationships. So your relationships are your work. That's what I have. I have Leo on the seventh house cup. So relationships are my work. That's what I do. I do relationships with my clients. I talk to them about their relationships, about their relationship to their life. That's my job in the world. So, and I get great joy from it. So it's a really interesting full moon because I think it's going to focus us on what brings us joy. Then when we look at the rest of the week, the, the 18th, when the moon goes into Virgo, man, we get a lot accomplished. So that's helpful. But it, when we, and then when we go into Libra, we get into arguments again on the 19th and the 20th, arguments and squares. And those are DB days, not like off-the-chart DB days, but, you know, stressful. So that's the 15th, the 16th, the 19th, and the 20th. So just knowing that we're having that, all good, take a pulse, full moon, you're seeing it. You might not like what you see, but you're seeing it. And that's the important thing to pay attention to, that you are seeing it, and that's, an, that's, that's, a, that's important to know. You don't have to act on it yet. That'll come but you are going to see it. So this week the sun goes from 24 uh, Aquarius to Pisces. Oh, I forgot. To, I mean, I said it, I think, at the beginning of the thing. It enters Pisces on the 18th, uh, which is the last sign of the season of winter in the northern hemisphere and summer in the uh, southern hemisphere. Um, the, as I mentioned, the sun has a square to the nodes on the full moon, which is a choice point, an opportunity to choose. 
and it's running from 24 Aquarius to 3 Pisces. It also is figuring out what it's going to plant on February 20th when it squares Ceres recently in Gemini, when the sun's in Pisces squaring Ceres. Mercury is moving slowly, but he does enter Aquarius. He has a sextile to Athena on the full moon day on the 15th. The two of them like each other. Athena's always like impressed with Mercury's intelligence. Mercury's impressed with her intelligence. And they're chatty. Uh, Mercury also trines Ceres on the 16th in his new, her, her new sign of Gemini. So the female energies are very strong this week. Uh, Athena. Uh, Venus and Mars meet up. Venus is moving slowly, so she's not going that far. She's like 16 to 18 cap, but she's moving along. Mars is in the sesquiquadrate to Ceres, so the two of them uh, both are arguing a little bit with what's going to be planted. But remember, you can always plant stuff and pull it up later. So don't say don't plant it. Give it permission to be planted. And then on the 5th and the 6th, if you don't want to take care of it, somebody else can. Uh, Uranus this week has a lovely sextile to Jupiter, which is one of those things that happens once every uh, 12 years. I'd completely skip this, but that's a good news thing. That's on the 15th, too, uh, or the 17th, rather, so that's a nice, expansive energy. And Pluto trines the nodes of fate on the 14th, making us face our the choices of our actions, making us face the consequences of our actions with that lovely trine from Pluto to the nodes of fate. Again, once every 19 years. So this is a big week. And, of course, Pallas Athena entering Aries on the, uh, on the uh, 14th of February. Uh, so it's a busy week. Um, be nice to yourself. Be nice to other people. The world's very tumultuous this week. Um, lots and lots and lots of stuff going on. And so keep your head about you, and you'll be okay. Take care. Anne Ortley, signing off from the turquoise dress desk overlooking Boca Siega Bay. Bye-bye.